on how to operate the business because, you know, most of us are technicians and we're not business people. You know what I mean? And that gives you a strong backbone of, uh, of what you should be looking at and pay attention to. And, and they've been really good about having coaches in place to also bring it to your attention. Hey, you should be looking at this. This is a problem. Welcome back to the Smart HVAC Marketing Podcast. The podcast for HVAC contractors who are ready to quit screwing around and begin growing their business. Today we're joined by Derek Cole from the One Hour Heating and Air franchise down in Warrenburg, North Carolina. And we're going to talk about the benefits of switching your HVAC company to a franchise model business. Hey, I'm Derek Cole, uh, Simmons One Hour Heating and Air. I've been doing this for 20 years now, and um, it's a family-owned, operated business. Uh, we've been in the area for 68 years, and um, we do commercial, residential. Uh, we bought into the One Hour Heating and Air franchise in 2009, um, but we still about half commercial, half residential. So. Uh, um, my brother's a professional engineer, so he runs that side of the commercial business, and uh, I stay on the residential side and uh, stay in my lane. Nice. So you, it's a family business for over 60 years, yeah. and then went to the franchise world. What what made you all make the decision to switch to the franchise model? Well, we're, do, we're doing a lot of we're doing a lot of commercial uh, work in 2008. 2009 i think you guys know what happened yeah. uh with the crash and um we're always trying to figure out a better way on the really the whole business a better way in which to operate and we've we, you know, we hired coaches and we hired different things and none of it really stuck uh so when uh we were induced to one hour and we we saw the operation in charlotte um we felt like after meeting with those folks, it was, that might be the the way we need to go. So that kind of led to, to us doing that. And that was a great decision because we really learned how to run, operate a business properly, how to price things properly. Uh, so it was a great move. So what was that conversion process like from uh, the, I guess this more independent business to the franchise business? Uh, very difficult <laughs> uh, because again, it's a, it's a, it was a 50 some idea brand, you know, Simmons. Um, that's kind of why we, you know, stuck with now Simmons one hour heating airs because we still get phone calls today of is this Simmons. Uh, even though, you know, we spend all kinds of money marketing uh, the one hour side, you know, it's still, a comfort level and being a local family owned business and, and not part of uh, anything different. And, you know, people around here want to, want to know who they're dealing with and uh, we're really active locally in uh, uh, chambers and, and uh, different networking groups and just trying, trying to promote that message of, look, we're still the same guys. That's, you know, uh, you know, Mr. Simmons started this business back in 1953, uh, him and his family. And when he retired, he sold out to his partner and his family ran it until we got involved. And then he sold out to my dad when, when he retired and 
and we're all three my dad my brother and myself we're here now um so it's always been a, a family oriented company and um i guess the around here the the simmons name kind of gives them a little more comfort uh and knowing what's going on but the branding itself as far as the our yellow trucks and uh, yellow shoe covers and uniforms have really helped us stand out uh yeah. over the years uh even though it's you know simmons one hour um it's kind of the best of both worlds yeah so did that cause a lot of confusion at first when you guys switched to the one hour brand oh for sure um people thought i was i was going off by myself and leaving my dad and you know Derek's doing his own thing you know, what's going on um but after you know, years of work and communication uh we finally got that uh somewhat under control <laughs> yeah but yeah it was a it's kind of a shock at first because it's hard to take a 50 year old brand and just change it overnight you know it doesn't work um you kind of and we learned some lessons there you kind of gotta you know gradually do things you can't do everything one time uh you can't flip a switch and, and have it done um mm-hmm. you gotta you know, move it's kind of like when you operate a business uh and it, and you go in and and yeah you want to make wholesale changes to make this business operate better but you can't do that otherwise you won't scare people off and uh frustrate them you gotta the same way with branding you gotta kind of spoon feed it and you know make gradual changes yeah so was there kind of like a ramp up period between when you guys decided to go into the franchise model where you you slowly ramped up, you know, switching over the branding or was it just like overnight? Yeah, we, we, it was probably six months before we really went into the branding side of it. Um, within the last three years, again, this has been since 2009. So in the last three years, we kind of rebranded it into a Simmons one hour mix, uh, yeah. versus the one hour. So it was because of the, the confusion yeah. um so it was that was probably the best move uh because we, you know we wanted to attack a different market in the available fort bragg area that simmons wasn't really known in um so we thought we could do that with the one hour brand itself uh but still uh with our commercial presence uh and our commercial expertise uh, it kind of you know, it needs to play at Simmons one hour because those commercial relationships obviously go into a residential atmosphere because all these businesses and owners, they have homes, right? Mm-hmm. So they want to be in their homes. So, you know, it's kind of, it's very difficult to just cut the cord. Yeah. Disconnect. So <clears throat> I know sometimes franchisors will be kind of strict about like, you know, stepping outside of the brand, were they supportive and understanding of you all wanted to be Simmons one hour or is that kind of like the unofficial official name? Yeah, they've been understanding. I mean, we've been performing and um, we do everything up to their standards. Uh, So when you do that and you show that level of uh, compliance, uh, they're very flexible with how they, you know, this is like one or, you know, one thing that's kind of standing out 
you know, we're doing our daily reporting. We're never late on our payments of fees. We're, you know, we don't have any other problems. Uh, so when you have that kind of compliance, you know, they're human. They're going to work with you. They're going to be flexible. Uh, yeah. it, it's those, it's those franchisees or, or folks that, you know, want to buck the system every step of the way that, okay. Oh yeah. We want to take a hard line here because this guy's not doing anything right. Um, and that's, that's not us. That's good. So did you notice, uh, <clears throat> like, um, more of an increase in like the marketing efforts when you switched over to the franchise model business or uh, was it kind of similar to what you all had been doing in marketing? No, it was not even close to being similar. Uh, before the franchise and I learned uh, how to do business, uh, we're spending like 3% uh, on marketing. Um, and today it's, you know, nine or 10%. Um, so yeah, it wasn't even close to what it should have been. Um, again, going back to the franchise when we first, you know, moved over and, you know, I got the books and I started reading and understanding how business should be operated. And these are the KPIs and these are the things that we need to hit. I'm like, first of all, we, we don't need any more calls because we're not even converting on the calls we have. So internally, let's get our process down first, then we can start marketing out to everyone because frankly if we get more phone calls we're just gonna dig ourselves into a deeper hole uh so so let's focus our process and then let's market yeah what were some of those processes that you had to fix in regards to like uh answering the phone calls and and converting those leads and answering the phone calls was the big one okay. uh because we were not doing it properly uh we're not trained on it. So we're just answering the phone. Uh, so getting trained on that and how to properly uh, set up calls and set up leads. And then the technician going to the home and average ticket conversion to a club maintenance, uh, things like that, all of that we need help on because uh, we really didn't have any good training or KPIs before. So we, we didn't know what we didn't know. Yeah. So, uh, as soon as we found out what we should be doing and how to train properly towards that, um, we started improving. Yeah. So what kind of marketing did you all do before converting to the franchise? I know you said that you were only doing about 3% as a marketing budget, but what were some of the tactics that you were doing? A newspaper, <laughs> a little bit of radio. We were doing newspaper and a little bit of radio. It was funny because when I first got really involved with people, um, other franchisees in the franchise, um, they're talking about drag mail. We never did drag mail. I didn't know anything about drag mail. They're like, yeah, we got to get off of drag mail. I'm like, I was never on drag mail. So tell me, <laughs> t tell me, tell me about drag mail first. I'm not even on it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, between newspaper, radio, I was permitted yet. Really? And since uh, since switching, I know you said direct mail, but is there, is there other things that you're doing like online and digital advertising? Yeah, probably was it 2015? I really got into uh, social media, Facebook. Mm -hmm. um, so we've been doing that pretty heavy since 2015. Um, 
like we do radio pretty heavy now. Uh, we still don't do a lot of direct mail. I've, you know, dabbled in direct mail, but uh, between radio and uh, social media are two main big, big things. Yeah. So what are, what are some of the things that you've you've seen work the best over the years? Probably on social media, um, long form post like articles uh, versus them clicking to a website or to a blog. Uh, actually putting the article in the post and uh, you can link to there if you want to go somewhere else but the engagement off of those long form articles it was kind of surprising for me really? uh, because I, I didn't i didn't think people would read all that in, in one post but you know if it was fear of clicking out or leaving facebook or whatever it was or leaving instagram you know there people are really engaging with that content yeah. which is surprising and on top of that video in 2015 i you know i shot my first air filter video uh <laughs> with my phone you know it's like a nice yellowish color uh bad lighting mm -hmm. uh, but it really got us involved and and now we have i think like over 500 youtube videos and wow crazy but um but yeah long term long form post and and video has they've been a uh, game changer so you guys are pretty active on youtube it sounds like yeah, yeah what kind of video active content do you put um i i don't do any pay-per-click on google yeah um but i do youtube advertisements um which engage pretty well um yeah so yeah we're very involved in video and um and articles and things like that people want people want to be educated without being sold uh you know there's a there's a time and a place to make a sale but we don't view social media as just another newspaper ad you know if i offer a discount offer a discount discount uh coupon uh we view it more of a as an educational platform uh -huh. and then if they want to dig deeper they can and they ask we'll be there so what kind of content are you putting on like those those long form social media posts that you're talking about something simple as go back to air filters i mean let's talk about air filters why is it important to change your filter uh when should you change your filter uh, if your filter is not getting dirty that's also a problem. This is why it's this is why it's a problem. Yeah. Uh, stuff like that. The main call we get when we switch seasons, cooling or heating, is we go into thermostats on the wrong mode. It's on heating mode because you're you've been heating, but now you want cooling. So let's write an article about switching the mode on your thermostat. Something very very simple stuff that we kind of take for granted because we're involved in it every day yeah but the average homeowner i mean they're not thinking about it yeah uh, so if we can we can give that education uh without pushing anything you know they're all for it yeah and then like you said they'll they'll keep you in mind when it comes time for a repair or a new system yeah it goes back to 
uh, you know, give, give, ask. Yeah. And, you know, yeah, uh, yeah. So just give your stuff, give your stuff. You're giving away the best stuff. Well, yeah, but hey, if Mr. Homeowner or Miss Homeowner has a question, who are they going to ask? Yeah. Right. Let's say, uh, it's like the, is that the Gary V thing you're referencing? Uh, like jab, 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 right yeah, hook. Jab, jab, yeah, that's it. Jab, yeah. jab, jab, right hook. Yeah. Um, you know, just give it away, give it away. And, you know, you can ask at some time, but, you know, every little thing's not trying to, hey, 20% off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that seems to work the best. And I, I read that book back in probably 2016. I think that was about when it came out, 2015, 2016. Um, and that, I think that book and that concept really changed up how social media was, how social media really went for business owners because it was before then everyone was like, oh, social media, it's a new place to sell stuff and, you know, just go on there every single day and post offers and coupons and discounts. Um, yeah, I see a lot of us doing that, especially HVC. It's just, you know, kind of plain vanilla, you know, a cat in a chair. You know, cool air. I mean, something <laughs> yeah. off the wall. Uh, oh, yeah. But it's like it's not engaging. You know what I mean? It's not oh, like, yeah. huh? Maybe I should change my filter. Or, hey, I do need my dryer cleaned. Or what is that smell when my air comes on? What do I do about that smell when my air comes on? What What am I breathing? Yeah. You know what I mean? So if you start attacking it in that direction, I feel like as it's a much more open conversation yeah. where they can respond or if they have a question, they want to ask you about it. Yeah. Because like the average homeowner, like you said, they're not thinking about all those things. And if you make, you know, blog content or long form content, video content where it's, Hey, you know, does your air stink when you turn the AC on? Like we're not selling you anything, but you're educating them. Like this is why it stinks. And this is why, uh, you know, your thermostat's not working. This is why something stopped. If you checked your filter, uh, and yeah, you're, not, some of you're the, not selling anything. Yeah, some of the most engaging uh, recently has been um, should I close my vents in the rooms that we use? So I did an article in the video about you should never close your vents, and this yeah. is why. <laughs> yeah, I learned uh, that the hard way. Or, or why is that room, why is that room never comfortable? You know, yeah. uh, you, you talk to them about the loading analysis and it's a sunroom and it's got three windows on the southwest side of the house that gets yeah. the most sunlight. And this is why you need a separate, it needs, it needs to be zoned or you need a mini split, something in there. Yeah. Uh, because that room on the end of the house, the sunroom, and the thermos that's in the middle of the house, it's never going to be comfortable, ever. This is why. And that's and that's popular down in your area too. I remember uh, my grandparents had a Carolina room, is what they yep. called it. I, I'm sure that's probably what a lot of people call it down there. And I think they have those down in like Florida too. They probably call it the Florida room or whatever. They it's do. the room that they gets the most sun. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They have that little thing where it's like a, you know, it's probably a back porch. They screen in. Or they they make a, a separate room and then they're like, yeah, I just want to tap, uh, just bring a couple of runs for my existing system over here. That's not gonna work because let me tell you why. 
you got a three ton unit. So if you take two runs from your three ton unit and put it over here in the new room, now you got a problem in the new room because the thermostat's in the middle of the house, and you got a problem in the house because you're taking the three tons of air that's supposed to be in your house, and some of us go in this room. So now yeah. we got, now we got a mess. Oh yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. And that's that's funny you say that because I I remember my grandparents' Carolina room, and I remember it. Sometimes it was it was pretty toasty in there. Yeah, in the summertime. Yeah, I mean it's usually on the south side of the house. It's usually got you know three walls of windows and there's absolutely no way it's going to be comfortable because that demand on that room is is not going to be handled by the existing unit in the house yeah yeah something else that i've seen work really well on social media is like memes or like funny pictures yeah that are they don't even have to be super relevant to you know hvac but just posting that every once in a while People are going to see it and they're just going to, you know, they'll laugh at it and they'll like it and share it or whatever. And Yeah, everyone's already got to change it up. Uh, yeah. My favorite one uh, when it starts getting cold is there's a photo of like baby goats wearing sweaters. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they get so much engagement. Really? And we're talking about, you know, it's our heavy heat restoration or getting your heat checked before the cold weather. It's something, you know, when it's a chilly morning like that, I yeah. mean, that. I get so much engagement and so many shares. Yeah. I think last time we got 40 or 50 shares. Wow. People are sharing this with their community. Yeah. And not costing anything. Yeah. That's when, that's when you know you got a, you got a good piece going. Well, and it's free for you to do that too, which is the best part. To oh post yeah. That. Everybody's commenting with us, my face and laughing and mm -hmm. <laughs> so it's, it's a good time, but yeah, it doesn't always have to be serious and yeah stuff like that. You can always change stuff and, um, but it's, uh, it's important to be conversational. Yeah. Yeah. Not just a one way street. So, so moving back over into some of the franchise related stuff, if someone was listening and they had, uh, an existing HVAC business and they were thinking about buying into a franchise model, uh, what's some advice that you would give them? Yeah, just uh, I would I would get as much information as you can. Meet with owners, existing franchisees, meet with those guys, uh, meet with the leadership, uh, do your due diligence, make sure that you're totally understanding what you're getting into. Uh, and it's not for everybody, but it is for some. Um, so just make sure your eyes are open as to as as to what you're jumping into uh, before you get there, because it's a great community of franchisees uh, to bounce ideas off of. Um, but again, it's not for everybody. And if you're that guy that you know wants to be a, a loner and a and a rebel. Um, you might have a challenge. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but if it were like us in 2009, you're just like, man, I, I need some answers. I need help. Uh, I need some structure. Uh, I need some frameworks. That's the KPIs. I mean, then, then that's for you. Yeah. Because um, somebody that's going to hold you accountable to what needs to be done, too. Mm -hmm. uh, I think that's well. Well, we had coaches over the years i think a problem 
looking back, probably was not so much the coaches as it was the fact that, you know, you can take it or leave it, whatever you want to do. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or is a franchise system, it's a franchise system, it's, uh, you know, this is the way we're doing it. This is the KPIs you should be hitting. If you're not hitting the KPIs, we need to see what's going on. And then we got coaches to help you hit those KPIs. Yeah. And we need that. Yeah. So did you think that COVID caused more business owners to transfer or their business into the franchise system? Because it seems like, you know, I I had seen a lot of marketing from franchisors over the past year about how, you know, uh, it's a recession-proof business and all that. Like you were saying, where there's stuff in place and there's systems and processes that can account for, you know, economic decline. Did you see or notice more franchisees entering the system during the past year? Mm, not, not as. I mean, I guess I, from what I saw, it wasn't more than usual. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Um, but it, it is good to have some stability if you're having trouble branding and you want to stand out. Uh, and you need a franchise, strong brand, which one hour has a very strong brand. I mean, the yellow trucks and all yeah. that stuff, that's that's strong. Uh, yeah. So if you just driving around in a white truck, you're just another guy and you need to stand out. I mean, that's that's the way you stand out. Yeah. Um, I think the economy, when it's good the way it's been, you know, a lot of people are going to pop up uh, at the next downturn. It's going to weed some of those out. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think uh, if if you're one of those in-betweeners, uh, a franchise would be good to, to give you some stability. Yeah. On how to operate the business because, you know, most of us are technicians and we're not business people. You know yeah. what I mean? And that gives you a strong backbone of... Uh, of what you should be looking at and pay attention to. And, and they've been really good about having coaches in place to also bring it to your attention. Hey, you should be looking at this. This yeah. is a problem. Yeah. I wonder if more people this year are actually going to start looking into it because of the repercussions of 2020, even though, to be quite honest, I don't think the home services industry really got hit that hard. It seems like most companies I've talked to have actually came out ahead from COVID. Yeah, we actually we actually got a couple hundred more service calls. Yeah. Uh, than we budgeted and they got, I you know, because people were were staying at home, you know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and they would they wanted air conditioning. So uh so they wanted clean air and you, we got products in HVAC that can handle both. Yeah. So what's something unique about the area that you service that's different than other areas in North Carolina or the East Coast? I would say um, the Pine Earth, Whispering Pines area we were talking about earlier. Yeah. It seems to be a very um, community, kind of tight-knit, mm-hmm. local business place. Um, that's something unique that's usually not around. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Moore County and Pinehurst and Aberdeen with some problems. I mean, they're very, 
they're very community oriented and, and want to stay local and you got to be from here uh, yeah. to take care of them. Um, that's that's kind of hard to find these days because everything's becoming so transient where just, you know, people don't have that much loyalty uh, yeah. because they're moving around so much. Uh, so when you go to a retirement community like that or, or have an older population, it's, it's important to have a good reputation. Oh, and yeah. That really shines in this area and especially up in Uh But this area as well, it's not as transient. Um, you know, your reputation is going to follow you around. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's not it's not easy to hide. You better yeah. do work, do it good, and have a good word of mouth. And with Fort Bragg being right there, well, one, I've heard that I've heard that those areas like Whispering Pines that were originally just small little retirement communities, I've heard that those are actually starting to build up some more for the military. Yeah, base. with Fort Yeah, with Fort Bragg, Fayetteville, Fayetteville is the biggest city next to it. That's really growing. Um, Whispering Pine Pineurs, people are they're starting to come out, mm-hmm. uh, get out of the city and go into the you know suburbs. Um, so those yeah. are great spots. Those are really been going. Rayford is about thirty minutes away as well, and that that's really being grown. Um, it's it's exciting because they're putting their own roots. They're they're being involved in the communities. Uh, so it's not you know not so much a apartment looking at and hopping around anymore. Yeah. they're looking to to make it make a family and, and stay. Yeah. Yeah, I've always been really interested in regards to like the home services industry that's in or around a military area. Like where we're at in Virginia Beach, there's a ton of Navy bases. Uh, there's an Air Force base across the water, and um, and so it. I've always been really interested in learning about like how that works because you know there's there's families that come and go more often than others. You know, there's some military families they come here. You know, they go on orders and then they stay for 20 years uh, and they know they're a customer for life at one house. And then there's the other people who are here on 18 month orders who either rent or buy and then quickly turn over their house once they leave. So it's always been really interesting to me, like the way that customer uh, base could turn over so quickly and how you stay in front of, I guess, the new people that move in. Yeah, and what I've seen in the last couple of years is a lot more. Uh, there are the military people are renting their homes out. Yeah, they're owning the home and keeping it, but they're based in Hawaii now, or they're based in Texas. You know what I mean? Uh, but they still contact us if they have a problem because we're their guy. Years yeah. ago. Um, and they still own the spot um so yeah it's been it's been a a transition for sure in the last 10 years it used to be it felt that way uh, especially with the yellow pages you know it was pretty much a battle in that market of if you're the first one to show up you you get the job yeah (laughs) you know we're gonna call 10 10 people in the yellow pages whoever shows up first is the winner um it feels like it's becoming less that way where they're oh, yeah. calling multiple companies and whoever wins should, I mean, whoever gets their first wins, um, is kind of starting to trend a little more toward 
towards reputation, word of mouth. Who's your guy? Who do you use? Even Google reviews. Yeah, uh, it's important to be high on that. Um, so it's interesting to see that trend kind of kind of flip a little bit. And also, the the younger homeowners uh, they seem to you know they just want done. Yeah. They don't want to tinker with it. They don't want to change this or that. They want you to do it, and they'll pay you to do it. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's funny you brought up the yellow pages because it's something that that's something that like I've kind of been joking around about with some of the people I work with about like back when like the you know the phone books and the yellow pages and stuff were the go to source for businesses. Everybody was like, "All right, I'm going to name my business you know AAA Triple A Simmons or or A One Plumbing Company or whatever." And now you see all these companies driving around. You know, 30 years later with these van wraps because they, they're stuck with this name. <laughs> it's like A1 this, A1 that, AAA this. <laughs> yep. John show up first in the book. Yep. <laughs> you know, again, that was never our uh, – we spent quite a bit of money in favor when we first got into that market on like a full-page, yellow-page ad. But, I mean, there's franchisees, you know, double – what they call them double truck ads mm -hmm. two page ads and spending thousands and thousands of dollars and that's never been our game yeah. <laughs> so it was one of those kind of like during i was like what you're doing what what's happening <laughs> no well derek this has been awesome um what are some ways that people can learn more about your individual business online yeah just uh hit me up on uh instagram probably the easiest uh at derek m cole on instagram uh you can also find me on linkedin derek cole um but yeah i'm on all the platforms and you can easily find me um i do have my own podcast the Diz for homeowners okay <laughs> tell me a little uh, more about so, that yeah the derek cole podcast uh you know it's only two to five minutes each episode uh, but it's little itty bitty, you know, tips or things to look at at your home and change those filters. <laughs> That's cool. So okay, it's called the Derek Cole podcast. Yes, sir. Okay, cool. I'll uh, I'll I'll put a link to that in the show notes. Um, for anyone that's interested to check it out, I will say a majority of our listenership is HVAC business owners. So um, there's probably not a ton of homeowners listening to it, but I'll still link it. No, and I think it's good to, if you're not getting involved in social media, it'll be a good thing to listen to, to give you an idea of what to talk about yeah. or what to post to your audience. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, so awesome. I think you can probably take some things away from that as being, hmm, okay, I should talk about vents or closing vents or smells or yeah, indoor air quality. And this is how you have this is how you probably want to frame it and talk about it. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. Well, I'll, yeah, I'll link that in the show notes so everyone can, can find it. Cool. Thank you, man. I appreciate the time. Thanks for checking out another episode of the Smart HVAC Marketing Podcast. On May 11th, I will be leading a webinar with the folks over at Hatch uh, talking about ways that HVAC contractors can generate more leads 
happens in the upcoming season. Uh, so you're definitely going to want to check that out. More information will be shared soon, but go ahead and mark that calendar for 1 p.m. Eastern 